guys welcome 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 to another episode of in the nick of time guys in today's episode i want to talk about i don't like not having control god did not give us control in the way that we think that we have control we are not in control of anything everything belongs to god including you guys i want to get into a lot of different things uh i am coming from the book of job we are in chapter five right now and today i want to talk about having control What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of In the Nick of Time on the Spotify for Podcasters app in connection with Reprogram Your Thinking videos, which you can find when you follow me on Instagram at by Nikki Hops. I am your host, Nikki, and time is a gift we should not waste, so let's get right into it. First of all, I do not have a PhD. I am not licensed to counsel. I am not a preacher. So you probably say, Nikki, why should anyone listen to what you have to say? Well, I simply obey God's word. And on this podcast, I get to stroke my ego by edifying God only. So if you are tuning in, that means you and I can grow up together. And unlike the majority, you like honesty. On this podcast, my theme is church is not the answer. Now, what do you mean by that, Nikki? Don't you go to church? Don't you attend worship service? I do on a weekly basis. But what I mean by church is not the answer. I simply mean we are the church. It simply means that how we live is what's most important to God. We can go into that building every week. We can scream hallelujah. We can shout amen. And then we can come out of there just like we went in. That's what I mean when I say church is not the answer. When you enter into worship service, you are entering into a time and space to connect with God. And to learn and to listen and to comply. And then when you come back, when you come out of that place, you learn to apply it to your life. That's what I mean when I say church is not the answer. Guys, I hope you had a good week. So far I have. I have to go to work today. These Saturdays, you know, sometimes I feel like, you know, I get a little frustrated. But it's all good. Um, But in today's episode, we're going to get into a few things. Uh, I have been coming from the book of Job, and I have been coming from the book of Job. The reason why is, and I don't know if I'm going to do the whole book, but I certainly am thinking of it because I have so many things I want to talk about on this podcast within the next few months. Uh, one thing is that what I just mentioned, to listen, learn, and comply, and then apply 
you know, talk about guys, us getting our LLCs, because we got to learn to listen, learn, to com- and then comply. Um, and looking at Job, you know, we hear a lot about the story of Job. And when you, when you read the book of Job, you know, it's about the, you know, what he went through and how he came out on the other side much better than he was before. Now, most of the time when we read Bible scriptures, we, we want to know what does this have to do with my life? You know, what does this mean for my life? What can I take from the scriptures, apply it, and it's going to work? Well, I, I like to t- say this, and it's something that I have um, adopted. We cannot just simply do trial and error with God's word, you know, try to see, well, if I do this, maybe it'll work. And then, because when it does not work and your ex, your expectations are not met, you get a little upset because we say, we say God's word is contradictory. You have a lot of men that say God's word is contradictory because if you look at the first chapter of Job. Let's let's look at the first chapter. We're in chapter five right now on this episode. I'm gonna get into it, guys, but I just want you to understand something about the word of God. Okay. Now it starts off in chapter one, verse one, and it says, There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. Now, if you look at everything that Job went through, you probably say, okay, he was an upright, it says that he was an upright man, he shunned evil, so why, why would this happen to an upright man? And if this happened to Job, why should I live a blameless and upright life knowing that there's a strong possibility that I can go through the same things that Job went through? Well, because also in chapter 2, God put his stamp of approval on the fact that God that that Job was an upright man, because when Satan went amongst the the sons of God, and he spoke with the Lord, this is what chapter two. This is later on in chapter one. I'm sorry. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them, and the Lord said to Satan. From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, 
that there is none like him on the earth. He went as far as to say there's none like him on the earth. Now, this is the Lord speaking to Satan. He said, have you noticed and considered my servant Job that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So God is co-signing this. And then he goes on to allow Satan to test Job. And I've, and I've talked about that. But like I said, we're in chapter 5. And I want to, today, I, I want to get into basically us having control. Now, do you like pain? When we are in a storm, our fears heighten. And we just want it to be over. The trials of life can bring about false judgment from others. Sometimes we tend to believe that God has given up on us. God never gives up. He's patient. When our faith wavers, God still is faithful. Now, in chapter 5, Job's friend, he employs Job to seek God. But in our pain and our hurt, and fear of abandonment, it causes us to seek comfort by trying to control the outcome of a situation, a trial, or whatever circumstances we find ourselves dealing with. So, what I first want to get into is, is it important to correct someone when they are wrong? Now, Job's friends, if you look back in, I think it is chapter 2, where they basically, no, chapter 1, again, later on in chapter 1, again, you know, his friends, they come, and, no, it's chapter 2, I'm sorry. It's chapter two where they come and they they come because they want to comfort Job. They're there for support. They're there to mourn with, with Job and, and, and help him through. Now, it was pure silence at first. And once Job opened his mouth, then Eliphaz decided to open his mouth. And uh, he did it in two for two chapters. And in each chapter, he's, he's saying some things that are true. He's sprinkling some truth on top of his opinionated uh, outlook on things. Now, how do you correct? Job friend was telling him that God was chastening him. Jesus told us to make sure we got the log out of our eye first. So Job's friend has he has just assumed that Job had to have done something wrong to be going through what he's going through. Now, sometimes 
those are the the emotions that we deal with. There's bitterness, there's angry anger, there's the question of why, why me? Uh, and then you start to figure out, you start to think, you maybe you start to reflect and you start to say, was it when I did this? Well, I have done this before. Well, I, well, I was kind of mean back in the day. Well, I, I was kind of being hateful in that situation. But Job's friend, he had overstepped. He was being, like I said earlier, he was being opinionated. Then he was not speaking rightly of God where Job was concerned. Because remember what I said earlier. Hold on to what I said earlier. God, it was said in chapter 1, verse 1, that Job was an upright man, blameless, and he shunned evil. God went on to stamp his approval and say there was none like Job on earth. So, therefore, we already know, we already understand that Eliphaz has gotten it wrong. Because even as Christians, sometimes we think when somebody is going through something, it's something that they've done. We don't, we seem to forget that life happens. We were not promised this perfect life of easy going, easy street. We were not promised that. Because in James, it says, count it all joy when you face various trials. So that's letting you know. It said when. It didn't say if. It says count it all joy when you. The problem with our trials is a lot of times, we are the the common denominator in our trials. And we don't want to admit that. And we don't want to take accountability. So when James was saying that, he was saying because when they when when they are when you read the word of God and it's telling you to have a positive attitude when it comes to life, life situation, life throwing you a curveball. Because for James to say, count it all joy, is like, count it all joy when I encounter a trial. Our trial should not be trials that we encounter because of our bad choices. Where we leave God out. And then when things get too hard, that's when we want to gravitate back to God. We want to go to worship service, ask for prayer, hoping that everything gets better. And we have to stop being like Eliphaz. Never assume you know what God is doing. That's how you correct people never assume you know what God is doing God's ways are not our ways his thoughts are not our thoughts once again Eliphaz was sprinkling some truth in with his opinion of God 
All if not most of the time, we don't even know why we suffer. So how do we know why someone else is suffering? How do we know when someone else is suffering? Now, let's talk about why do you get attacked for telling the truth? I don't care about sounding smart. Eloquent speech means nothing when you try to suppress the truth with it. Eliphaz was doing what a lot of us do as Christians. We do, we do this with the word of God. We speak so eloquently that there is no way we could be wrong. Did Job need correction from God? Was he being chastened by God? The truth is, God was testing Job. Was Job shunning evil only because everything was going so good? See, that's what the devil, the accuser, presented to God. That's what the accuser presented to the judge. He said, you have put a hedge around this man. That's the only reason why you can't find any blame with him. So God said, okay, let's test your theory. Let's see if you know what you're talking about. See, that's the thing. We got to stop believing what people say about us. We got to tell the truth and stand on the truth, even though sometimes we're going to be attacked. It says suffer. Jesus says suffer. If you're going to suffer, suffer for my sake. That's what Peter said. He said, if you're going to suffer, suffer for the sake of Christ. So when you look at it, Job didn't need correction. The accuser had come along and presented some false evidence against Job. He wanted God to believe, but God knew Job. That's why he said there's none like him on the earth. You want to be known like that by God. You want to be known like that so that when you're attacked for telling the truth as a Christian, that's what we have to stop doing. We have to stop backing down because of fear, because of fear of being attacked. Job never wavered. He, he stood on his integrity. Now, was he pretending to be upright? Did he really fear God? There are quite a few people in this world that don't believe in Jesus, and they don't believe he died for us. Now, I want to tell you something. I woke up Wednesday morning, and I was thinking, and, and I just woke up, and my thoughts immediately were, Jesus died for me. And all that was running across my mind was he went to the cross for me. He gave up his life for me. Not because I deserve to be here and I have and I deserve the chance at this thing called life. He allowed me to be here 
because of his deep love for me. And I was so thankful for what he has done. And I was just thinking about what he has done, what he is still doing for us. So you probably say, Nikki, so when you're suffering, is that what comes across your mind? Suffering for me is about me not having control. But God does not want me to get it twisted. He was not chastening Job. He was testing Job. God is in control. And one thing about it, God never promised us a good time on earth. I said that earlier. He also never promised us exemption from suffering because we go to worship service or because we don't use bad language or because we say we never fornicated or you've never committed adultery. But in your heart, you probably lusted after someone. You probably looked at someone with lust, but you never took, you never acted on it. And you think you've done so good. Or because you pray so well, or because we pray so well, or because we love only those who love us back, or because you give your your tithes and offering to the church. God loves a cheerful giver, not a motivated one. You listening to the preacher and he's telling you if you give, you give, you give, you're going to get this back. And like I said, you want to have control to the point where you think, if I give this, I should get, get this back tenfold. But God is not always in the business of trying to give us monetary blessings. God wants us to also grow spiritually. He wants us to learn and grow every day. Take opportunities to learn and grow. Because I'm going to tell you something. Last night I was at work. And I was talking to a lady. And she said something to me. Now, a lot of things I already know about the job and where I'm at. Um, But she said something. And you can hear the hurt in her tone. And in that moment, I wasn't being emotionally intelligent, so I didn't tell her, you know, I didn't say the right thing. I immediately got upset for her because I feel like life is simple and we make it difficult. So... I said that to say, God wants us to have wisdom as well. And that wisdom will help us to live in that perfect peace that he talks about, that he gives us. 
that the world cannot give you. The world can't give you the peace that God can give you. Because you can have all the money in your in the world. But no one wants to be in your presence. So you're lonely with a lot of money. God also doesn't want you giving to those who can give it only to those who can give it back. And those who don't attend worship service are not suffering just because they don't give tithes and offerings. They're not poor just for that reason. They could be suffering because they're stiff-necked people. Because they don't attend worship service and they don't give their tithes to, to the church. That's what we're supposed to do. We're commanded to do those things. But that's not the only reason why a person may be suffering. They could be suffering because they are stiff-necked people. Because their hearts towards God is evil. Hence the refusing to go to worship service. Just like the Christians do not suffer just because they miss a few worship services. It could be because they are half-heartedly honoring God in their lives. They've been to church. You know, everything is well. But they're not honoring God in their lives. They tend to stray because things are so good. Like I said, everything's going well. So they start to skip out on worship service. They got everything under control. They think they got it figured out. They may go missing because they've entered into those various trials that I spoke of. And they feel like they got to figure it out before they come back. Job's friend did not truly understand God's ways because he forgot that God says he reigns on the just as well as the unjust. Matthew 5 in verse 45. So what did God promise us? God promised us that no temptation has overtaken you except what is coming to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. We get attacked because we are telling our brand of what the truth is. God's truth will, will be met with resistance, but it will prevail. That is the promise from God. Now you want some proof? See, I love when you when I love when my listeners are looking for some proof. Because I got some proof for you. Now, in in Acts chapter 19, and I'm just gonna read verse 20 for for time's sake. But I give you just a, you know, an idea of what it's talking about. Now, verse 20, it says, So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Now, what happened was, um, 
Paul was doing great miracles. Paul was doing great things. And there were, there was um, what you would call in that time a Jewish sorcerer named Selvi. He was the chief priest. Um, and he was trying to exercise a demon like Paul was doing. But the 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 demon possessed man told him, he said, Jesus I know. And Paul, I know, but who are you? That's what the demon, that's what the spirit of that man said. I know Jesus. I know Paul, but who are you? So as Christians, the word of God, the truth will prevail. We don't have to sugarcoat it. We don't have to whitewash it. We don't have to downplay it we don't have to um put some pretty spin on it so somebody will be in agreement with it because it will prevail and and what it said what 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 went on to happen was the man whom the evil spirit was in it leaped on them and overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. So that so these spirits, when they attack us, when they attack the word of God, when you truly standing on the word of God, you're not trying because see the mistake they made was they said We call on the Lord of Jesus over those who have evil spirits, saying, We exercise you by the name, by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. See, they wanted to, they wanted to utilize God's gift for their own personal gain. And 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 that's the that's the problem with a lot of Christians. We try to we try to water down the word of God so that everything will go our way or everybody will be in agreement with us and we won't have any resistance from anybody. But we gotta be able to stand. Job's friend was sprinkling in some truth with his own opinion. Now, what are God's promises to us? He supplies all our needs. If you got a roof over your head, clothes on your back, food to eat, you're blessed. You woke up this morning, you're blessed. Let's look at some more of God's promises. In Psalms 119 and 50, the word of God says, My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. How does it do that? In Isaiah 41, 10, it says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah also said, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Isaiah 26 and 3. The Lord himself goes on before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Deuteronomy 31 and 8. John 14 and 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So, guys, church is not the answer. I'm not telling you, I would never tell you not to go to church because the word tells us not to forsake the assembly. But I am telling you that we need to learn to listen, learn, and comply, and then apply the word of God to our lives. Alright guys, this is the segment in my podcast where I say, wake up world, wake up world, I want us to wake up, because we we seem to think we live in this woke society right now, where we make everything okay. We justify everything, uh, no matter what. Um, today, in this segment, I want to talk about disrespectful children. Now, I don't know if a lot of you uh, saw the live on Instagram that April from Love and Hip Hop, Omarion's ex did with one of their children. Um, and I'm gonna read the scripture t- to you first before I get into it. Uh, I was gonna play the audio of it, but I don't know if I'm going to, but I'm first gonna read the scripture. Proverbs 29 and 15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to brings shame to his mother. Um, I think I will play the audio. Let me see if I can find it first. I wanna play the audio because I wanna uh give some context to what I'm what I'm about to talk about. I think I found it. 
music. Play. What's up, you guys? So can- no, that's not it. It's not play that. I can find it. Let me see if this is it. Yeah, I think this is it. Let me see. You drinking about Tay smoking weed? He don't smoke weed. He has. Did he ever smoke in front of you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I smell it. He does edibles, baby. Edibles. Stop saying that on a lie. He don't smoke weed. I'm telling y'all the truth. No, you're not. Now, I just wanted to play that audio. Uh, I hope you could hear. I hope you were able to hear it well enough. Uh, I hope it played good for you. But <sighs> in my opinion, he was talking too much. He was out of turn. He, he overstepped as a child. She thought it was funny. She tried to play it off. I don't even know how they got into that conversation. I don't even know what the lie was really consistent of before they got to that point. But that, you know, you know, uh, these uh, algorithms love to get the sound bites, and that's what goes viral. Now, he talked about her drinking, if you heard, and Tay Diggs smoking weed. She said, has he ever done it in front of you? He said, no, but I smelt it. She said, he doesn't smoke weed, you're lying. He does edibles. The young man said, edible weed is as if to say, Smoking weed, eating edible, same thing. You're getting, you're looking for this, you're trying to achieve the same effect. And like I said, on my podcast, I don't like to give my opinions. That's why I read the scripture to you. And was and, and the scripture said, let me read it again. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. And I just want to talk on a few points. Has discipline become obsolete? Because some of the things that he was saying she she thought was funny. And he was like, I'm just telling the truth. And I believe she wanted to get mad. 
a little bit when she was like, don't do that on live. And he's like, basically, like, I'm not lying. Then they went on to talk about where Tay Diggs was at that time. She said, he's working. He said, we assume he's working. He's not here. And then he basically tried to make it seem as if she was putting on for the camera. And he was just putting her on blast for putting on for the cameras. Now, has discipline become obsolete? Because it says, a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. How true is that? A child that sits in his room, he's on YouTube all the time. He's uh, playing video games all the time. He's on his phone. He's on social media. He's seeing, he or she is seeing everything. Things they should not even be privy to. But there again, I digress. I'm not going to give my opinion. But I truly will say that that scripture reigns true. He was putting her to shame. Is he left to himself? What is that really saying, a child left to himself? You give the child everything material-wise, but you don't give them reproof and wisdom. That means... Giving them a whooping. That means disciplining them. I, as soon as he got out of line, I'd have, got, I'd have cut that live off. And we would have had a real conversation. I don't know what happened after they got off of the live. And I guess maybe she was trying to, you know, save face. Or she didn't want to get, you know, razzle-dazzle with him on, uh, on live because... That would have been a whole nother conversation. But me, I immediately would have took that, turned that live off. Now, to, now, now, would I have whooped him? I don't know. I probably would have did the latter. Giving him some reproof and some wisdom to let him know you are a child. Stay in a child's place. But on the other hand, Watch what you do in front of your children. Watch what you do in front of your children. Watch what you're doing when it comes to raising your children. Yeah, we work hard. We have to work hard. Yeah, we want to give our children the best. But we also got to make sure that they are okay mentally and that they know that they're loved but they also know that I am the parent and that you're going to respect me. But respect is earned. It's earned through discipline in that child, but also being an example for that child. Which leads me to my second point. And saying and questioning, are we leaving our children to their own devices? 
Because the scripture said, a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. A child left to himself. Yeah, you may be in the same house with that child. You may be in the other room. But if your child is in there playing a video game and there's all types of uh, parental control uh, actions going on on this video game or the YouTube channel that they're watching. Even the cartoons need to be monitored because you got so much going on in the world and these children are soaking it up like sponges. They know how to work a computer better than we do. And I understand they they come into this world learning uh, what they're going to need to know because they're in a it, we're in a time of technology, but technology can be good, but it also has its cons. There's always pros and cons. The pros it 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 introduces you to a whole new world. You can find almost anything on Google. But you can also stay in people's business too much on Instagram, on Facebook. And I'm not saying sometimes they bring you into their world because she did that live. I mean, everybody can go on whatever type of rant they want to go on talking about her because she put it out there. Now, what made him start to go in like that? I don't know. She probably needs to deal with that. Now, here's the other thing that I want to end with. We use these social media sites. We make our comments. Now, we can all bash that young lady about what he did and what he was saying. But that's not going to help. That's 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 the biggest part of our problem. That's not going to help. It really is not. There is a simple solution for this generation and it's to bring the bring the young people Reel them in. Bring them up in the admonition of the Lord. It's just simple as that. Get back, get back to discipline. You don't have to beat them where you're leaving whips on them. But they need to know. Like I said earlier, they need to know that they're loved. But they also need to know. That they need to stand, they need to know their place as a child. But we as the adults need to also make sure we're not provoking the children to anger. 
We don't know what goes on in their household. We only know what, what they allow us to see when they make lives and they go on Instagram and they go on Twitter and they go on Facebook. But we don't truly know their lives. We don't know what what prompted him to go into that whole spill about what Tay Diggs and her does on a regular basis. He said some things that we can sit up all day and say he's disrespectful, he needs a whooping, all of those things. And all of those things may ring true. But there again, there again, a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Now, I don't know why it said mother. And most women, we're probably going to get mad. Why did it say mama? Oh, Marion ain't perfect. No, he's not. But the mama, we are the nurturers as women. We are the balance. We are the backbone. We, we are that wisdom that that child, that child needs. We are that reproof that that child needs. We are that one that's going to put the rod to them because at the time that God put the plan in together for family, the man was supposed to be out working. And we as the women were supposed to be at home, making the home a home, taking care of the kids, taking care of the home, being that backbone, being that business, taking care of the finances, making sure that everything is okay. And when that man came home from work, he could come home to peace. We are the nurturers. We are the one that God has given the task of being that person that can bring stability to a situation. She did not defuse that situation and she let him talk way too much. And we may say, I'm trying to give my child freedom. I want them to be comfortable with me, but there is a time and a place, and Instagram Live is not the place. Because that should be a conversation like, okay, you feel like, do you, you don't like Tay? What? I mean, what is it? Because it seems like to me he has a real problem, not with Tay per se, but probably the things that him and his mother do when they're together. It seems like he doesn't like that. So guys, I I just wanted to pose a few questions on that. But at the end of the day, we got to wake up. Wake up for real. Every viral video is not a time to, to, to beat a person down because all we hear is the sound bites. We don't know what led to what, and we need to stop uh, going on this tirade on and, and beating people down and sitting on our uh, high horse and looking down on people 
and deciding that they're like they're the worst human being in the world. Uh, she clearly there's some things that probably need to be dealt with. Uh, but and she also needs to stay off live with Mega because he don't seem like he gonna he gonna make sure he put her to shame every time they get on live. It seems like I don't know what prompted it, but. I will say that every viral video is not an opportunity to beat someone down. And then also realize that you're giving that person what they're, what they're uh, craving, which is attention. Uh, when, when, when the spotlight is out for them for a while, they find a way. Because, you know, for a while, she was all over the headlines. She was making headlines every time she turned around, especially when she went on Love and Hip Hop and... Uh, she started messing with um, uh, Omarion's bandmate, Little Fizz. Uh, all of those things brought upon her. Uh, they, you know, ridicule uh, all kinds of negative uh, connotations towards her. And whether whether uh, whether we know it or not, we were giving her what she wanted, and she was getting attention, and she was getting much notoriety, and uh, and then she stayed in the in the in the media uh, when she started even dating Tay Diggs, you know. So it's like uh, she's not been known because she's been dating plenty of people, and she stayed in the spotlight for those things for those reasons and we continue to give that attention and so she decided I'm gonna hop on live with my baby and he put on blast and it's and it's a viral video that's spreading and then everybody gets their has their opinion uh I don't have an opinion on it I hated to see it uh we don't know really what's going on. He may be a happy kid. He may love Tay. He may love Tay and his mom's relationship. I don't know. But I do know this. We got to wake up. For real, wake up. Stop sleepwalking, saying you woke, and you're still dead asleep. So, guys, let's reprogram our thinking. Let's get back to love. Let's recover the life that the devil tries to steal from us each and every day. And most importantly, if you don't remember anything else, remember this. God may not be there when you want him, but he'll be there in the nick of time. Peace, guys, and I love you. Until next time, Lord's willing, be blessed.